Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Sometimes we feel like it's not proper to share our emotions or our feelings or, you know, we need to be strong and, and uh, don't ever show emotions. And I thought about Jesus, how many times throughout his life that he, he showed emotion. I thought about the time I was studying this past week for Debbie Williams' funeral, and I went to John chapter 11, and Jesus was at the funeral of one that he loved, Lazarus. Jesus knew that he was going to uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. He's God. He explained to Martha that he was the resurrection. But the Bible says in John eleven thirty five, 35, Jesus wept. He showed emotion. I, I thought of the times that Jesus, we read of Jesus going in and turning the tables in the temple. He showed emotion. He went from weeping to being angry with what was happening within the temple. There's times that we read in the Bible, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives and he looked over Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. I've walked that path from the Mount of Olives down to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as he went from that path and got into the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus began to weep. Began to weep and he also weeped so much and prayed so earnestly. The Bible says that drops of blood began to come from the, uh, his head. Jesus was in agony there on the cross. And he looked at Mary, his mother in John and said, behold, thy mother, he cared for his mother till the, the last moment of his life. He, he showed emotion. And I'm afraid church, sometimes if we're not careful, we fail to show emotion. And when we fail to show emotion, we fail to connect and when we fail to connect, we then go through life lonely and in despair. I know this, every single person in this room has problems. Every person. If you came here today and you look around and you think that you're all alone, you're in good company. Everyone has problems. Every single person. At times, all of us, our lives are a mess. I like sometimes people will say to me, well, your kids or your wife, it seems like you have it all together. And the only reason why you think that is because you don't live in our home. <laughs> but if you live there, you'd know our house is just like your house. Matter of fact, on the way to church this morning, my two middle daughters were telling me that I need to reinstitute spanking in our youngest daughter's life. <laughs> It's something when your older sister says, dad, that one needs a good spanking. We have problems just like you. I want you to go with me to Psalm chapter 42. Psalm chapter number 42. I want to uh, thank you for the response from last week's message. I appreciated the encouragement. I had people that listened to our message that are out of state that even contacted me this past week and just said, I'm praying for you. 
And I appreciate that so very much. But in Psalm chapter 42, I want us to look at this psalm that David writes and his soul is thirsting for the Lord. I, I like the story of the life of David because David was a man that would, he would go and he would fight a battle. He picked up a stone. He put that stone in a sling and he killed Goliath like this, this, this giant of a man. And then he goes on top of uh, Goliath. And, and if you've got a weak stomach, just close your ears for a minute. But he goes to Goliath and he cuts his head off. And, 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 and he would lead his, his uh, 600 men to battle, and, and the Philistines feared him. And, and, and I mean, they would, they would just utterly destroy in, 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 uh, uh, in military strength. And, and it was just kind of gross, some of the things that David did. And then, and then he would get a, a, a piece of paper and pen and, and jot down his tears and, and how weak he is and how much he needs the Lord. It was almost like it was a split personality sometimes with David. He was a, a man's man, a warrior, and at the same time, he was one of the greatest poets that we've ever read. It just seems like the two don't match, but what we see through the life of David, what we see even in our own Savior is as human beings in this flesh, we have emotions. In church, it's okay to share your emotions. It's okay to be real. It's okay to, to hurt. It's okay to laugh. It's okay to, 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 to bear your heart to someone else and to the Lord. We see this as a psalmist writes in chapter number 42. He says in verse 1, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I have, for I had gone with the, the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. Look with me of our text here today in verse five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? David is speaking to his soul. He says, why am I cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the, the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and all thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night his songs shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. I heard a preacher once say this, if you preach to hurting people, you'll always have an audience. You'll always have an audience. Despair, I want to speak about today, this topic of despair, as David writes here, Oh, my soul, why hast thou cast down? Why, why are we in despair? David is speaking to himself. Have, have, has, has anyone in this room ever spoken to themselves? You've talked to yourself. Anybody like that here today? 
Has anyone in this room answered yourself as you've talked to yourself? That's when you need help. That's when you need help. Now, I want you to understand this. There is, I believe, there is times in our life that we go through despair and sorrow. And that's who I want to speak to today. There are other times that people go through depression. And sometimes when we go through depression, somebody will say, just simply cheer up and trust God. And that's not necessarily the answer and the help that's needed when somebody's going through that. They want to trust God. They want help. They're not choosing to go through what they're going through. And I know some people will think this at times, if you were to take medication and do the things that necessary when you're in those deep times of depression, you're not trusting God. I don't believe that's the case. I believe there's times that there are some, some help that you need that I can't help you with. There's some help that you need that the person sitting next to you can't help you with. And I hope today, as we look at this passage of scripture, if you're at the place in your life where there's some help that you need even further than what we speak about today, then I hope that you'll take the time and you would care for yourself and get the help that you need to get through these dark moments in your life. David's at a place where he, like most of us, we come to the place where we've been discouraged and all kinds of things can discourage us. Sickness, death, a loss of a job, uh, moving. I mean, no, nobody likes to relocate. That discourages us. Problems at work, problems in the home. An 11-year-old that needs a spanking. I mean, all of those things can discourage us. There's times when we, we get down. And just because you get discouraged and get down, it doesn't mean that you're not right with God. It doesn't mean that. It's a very difficult thing to live in this world and, and never get down. I, I remind you, Jesus looked out over Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. He loved the, his chosen people. He went in and, and, and tipped the tables in anger, upset because what was happening in the temple, Jesus showed emotion. He was hurt at times. When Peter said to Jesus, I'll, I'll, I'll never let that happen. And he had to look at one of his, his own apostles, his disciples, and say, get thou behind me, Satan. Jesus wept. We get discouraged. We get down. We get into a place of despair, and some get into the place of terrible darkness. And some, some are even sent to hospitals because of the despair that they come to. Some want to drop out of, of everything and want to withdraw from everything and everyone in their life because despair has overtaken them. Have you ever been in a place in your life where it seems like there's just a lingering fog and it just won't go away? That's where this psalmist is here today. And he is, he is thirsting for God's help. But he's looking at all of the problems, and we'll get to these in just a moment, that he's facing. And he finds himself in despair, longing for relief. And so this morning, I want us to look again, look with me in verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? 
Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. This is the psalmist speaking to himself. And I, I want you to, first of all, this, this morning, I want you to see the serious problem with despair in her life. The problems that come with despair in her life. David is cast down. He begins to talk within himself. Millions and millions of people that are alive here today uh, on this earth, they are dealing with despair and depression. They say that teenagers right now, that age of 11 to 15, they are, they are dealing with a major amount of despair and depression. So this is not just something that hits an older person. This is not just something that hits a younger person. The reality is this, despair can hit anyone at any age. But where do we go for help? Just telling people to cheer up doesn't get them better. And so what is the, what is the uh, uh, serious problems with despair? Uh, there's a list of them here, a continual feeling of sadness. Nothing is worth feeling good about. The things that used to cause you joy and the things that used to cause you uh, 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 laughter, now you just don't even feel good about any of those things anymore. And just to simply get up and have to get about going brings more despair. The problem, the problem, the serious problems of despair also is a constant state of hopelessness. Just a feeling of it's not going to get better. How can it get better? It's hopeless. A feeling that no one cares. No one understands. No one accepts me. I spoke to a person just recently and that's what they said. I just feel like I don't fit in and nobody accepts me. And I'm looking and listening to this person and I'm saying to myself, you have it so wrong. You're totally accepted and, and totally loved. And that young boy said to me, but I just don't feel others accept me because he's in a place of despair. It's a continued feeling of, of wrong uh, or, or I'm sorry, of worry and anxiety, anxiety. And you know, you're deep in despair when, when, You've lost all initiatives to do anything. Some go through this with, and the psalmist did as well, just a repeated crying spells. You're crying and you don't even know why, but you start to cry because you're crying. You wake at night and you're losing sleep and it's difficult once a human being begins to lose sleep and not get the rest that they're needed. But it's a cycle that you get into because you're in a place of despair and you don't know what to do to get out of it. You wake up in the mornings and you dread to face the day. Before the problems even start, before the day even begins, you're already looking at that day and you're feeling in dread. You distrust your own wisdom. You ever been there? You second guess everything, everything that you, decision you make, you second guess it every, every time. We all get to that place. We come to the place where every day we make decisions and we don't even know how to make decisions for ourselves because we don't trust because we're in despair. It's difficult to get enthusiastic about anything. And church, you may not be in this place right now, but I assure you this, if you're not in this place, you know someone that is. And so this message this morning is for you. 
because someone you love and someone you know may need you to understand something today so that you can help them. I want you to understand this today as well. God's people aren't immune to sorrow and despair. I look throughout the Bible in Numbers chapter 11, verses 11 through 15, Moses, he asked God, just simply kill me. I can't endure this anymore. These people that you want me to lead, they're just too difficult. They're too hard. They won't follow. Just take my life. I think Moses was in despair. Jonah in Jonah chapter four, verse number three, he asked God as well, just take my life. Elijah, remember, was sitting under that juniper tree, and he wished that he himself would die in 1 Kings 19. These are men of God. These were prophets. These are people that God used to to lead his his people out of Egypt. And and, and Jonah he used, and and, uh, Nineveh was saved, and Elijah was used and and, 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 and preached uh, uh, repentance and turning back to God. And, And Paul, the apostle Paul, let me read for you what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. Paul said this, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our troubles, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. This is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul said, it's gotten so difficult, we were even questioning, was it worth living? John the Baptist, I mentioned him last week, but in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 and 3, John the Baptist, he was in so much despair that he said to his disciples, I want you to go and ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? He was in bondage and in prison and and, and his heart was heavy and and, and despair was upon him and, and he just needed to know, can I trust that you're the Messiah? In his heart, he knew he was. It was despair that caused him to question. And we come to this man, King David. King David is in despair in verse number five. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? I want you to know about King David. King David has lost Absalom. His son has betrayed him. This is one that, that, that he loved, and he's betrayed him, and, and he's now uh, had to flee the kingdom, and, and, and Absalom is trying to take control, and, 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 and his own father would be killed by Absalom's men if he was caught, and in return, Absalom is killed, and now David is, 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 is regretting, and Upset because he's mourning a loss of his son. David had a daughter that was raped. David had a child that was conceived out of wedlock through a, an affair with Bathsheba, and that child is, is died. David loved that child. David, as a king, realized that his nation was in turmoil and many of the decisions that he made caused his nation to be in turmoil. And David is in despair saying, why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And when you come to that place, there comes a, a serious problem with despair. We, we begin to look at things improperly. We look at the, the darkness we look at the, 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 the anxiety. We look at the fear that comes. David, I want you to see in verse number one through three, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. He's longing for God. 
My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? He's begging God, just let me come before you. I need to be strengthened. Have you ever gotten to a place of despair and you just think God's not there? That's where David's at. The psalmist is at the place saying, God, you aren't there. Where are you? I long to come before you. I long to sense your presence again. God, I need a touch from you. He says, my tears, verse 3, have been my meat day and night. That's all I do is cry, he says. I can't eat. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? We see David's spiritual dryness. He feels that God is afar off. And many a times when we come to the place of despair, one of the problems is this. Our mind, our heart tells us that God is afar off and that God is not there. And our soul is, 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 is striving for God. But we tell ourselves he's not there. In verse number nine, look with me in verse number nine of the same chapter. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? We begin to think that God has forgotten us. We begin to ask this question, God, where are you? In verse number three, David cries continually. My tears have been my meat day and night, continually weeping. He can't stop. His, 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 his soul is telling him there is no hope. Have you been there? In the same chapter, uh, same verse, he says, while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? This is, this is the people that are questioning David. Just like, just like David, uh, Job last week, his, his, his friends questioned him. You must have done something wrong. You must have sinned. And, and here the, the enemies of David are saying, where is your God now? You're in despair, and when you need him most, he's nowhere to be found. And David now feels ashamed and defeated. Others are questioning his relationship with God. Others are questioning his spiritual walk. David is questioning it himself, and now others are questioning it as well, and David feels ashamed. Verse number four, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went up with the, with the house of God, with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy day. David has these lingering memories of past good. And he's coming to the place where he says, these are just memories. There aren't even real anymore. It's never going to be the same again. He's remembering, and sometimes when you get to this place of despair and you remember the good old days and you think yourself and it caused you even more despair, those days will never come again. I'll never be happy again. I've experienced that. When you're in a place of despair, you look back and you think of the past blessings and you wonder and you question and you say, they'll never come again. And when you have that feeling of despair and you begin to think that it gets you into a deeper place of despair because you think it's hopeless. The good days are gone. I'll never laugh again. David is remembering going with a multitude with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept the holy day. He remembers all that happened that was good. Remember when we'd go to the house of God and we'd celebrate God. Now he's saying these memories are just memories and they'll never be my future. 
David had overwhelming circumstances. Look with me in verse number seven. He says, deep calleth into deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and thy, thy billows are gone over me. It, what he's saying is this, every single circumstance just continues to, to beat me down, washed over by circumstances. Problems just keep coming. And when you're in a place of despair, one of the problems is this. It seems like the problems just keep coming. They never let up. And that's where David is, is fearing. But I want us to look at there is hope. Maybe I'm describing your life today, or I'm describing the life of someone that you love, and they've said these same things to you. I want you to know that there is hope for those in, in despair. Because not only does the psalmist here tell us, and he writes of the despair that he's in, why art thou cast down on my soul? Why, is, why art thou disquieted in, within me? Not, all, not, not only is he telling us that he is in despair, he also is going to show us the spiritual provisions for despair. And this is what's so wonderful. No matter where you find yourself today, no matter how bleak it seems, how dark it seems, there is spiritual provisions for despair. You're not alone. Look with me in verse number five. He says, um, again, we'll read these five and six. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God. Now he's speaking to God. Before he's speaking to himself. Now he says, oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan, of the Hermonites and the hill Mizar. David gets a clear picture of what's in his heart. And this is important for us here today. Because if you get in a place of despair, what you must do in that place is you have to force yourself to realize truth. Because so often despair, when it comes over us, it clouds everything. We don't think we're enough. We don't think that we're loved. We question everything. But when we get to the place of despair, it's very difficult to see truth. And David comes to this place where David talks to his soul. He says to himself, why art thou, thou cast down? He is, he is demanding an answer of truth. He was analyzing his soul, his heart, and he was confronting his problem. So what's the real problem? Sometimes we get into a place of despair and we just get so overwhelmed that everything becomes the problem. He looked for the reason so that he could pour out his soul to God. He wanted to know what is the problem. I'm going to take this problem. I'm going to recognize, analyze what it is. I'm going to recognize what it is, and I'm going to pour this out to God. And maybe you're here today, and it's guilt from sin in the past. Well, recognize that and allow yourself to say, all right, this is what it is. God, I need forgiveness. And so many things can cause us to be in despair. Death of a loved one, sickness, betrayal of a spouse, 
issues at work, financial problems. Every single one of us, because we live in this world, we have the potential of having something happen in our lives that will bring us into despair. As I mentioned last week, that's exactly where my heart got to. I said to someone after Debbie's wedding yesterday, I don't want another our funeral, I'm sorry, after Debbie's funeral yesterday, I said to someone, I don't want to have to stand before another, another casket at another graveside for a very long time. This one just hurts. It hurts. We have to look at the reason for despair so that we can then take that reason and pour it out before God. Because when we come to the place of despair, the goal is look upward and recognize your help. Look with me again in verse number seven. He says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All the waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. This is so encouraging. He says, the Lord, the Lord, he hasn't forgotten me. Even when I think he has, he's still in control. My despair and darkness does not limit God. Your worry and your anxiety and the problems you're facing today does not limit an almighty, loving God. He says, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me in my prayer unto the God of my life. David is coming to the place in verse number eight where he recognizes, yes, I'm in despair, but God is always there. He hasn't forsaken me. He makes the day. He makes the sun come up. He brightens a, a dark night by the sun coming up in the morning. And when, when the nights just seem so long and so dark, he puts a song in my heart that I can sing and bring praises to him. You've been there. The nights are dark and your mind just wonders and works and deceives you. Every, every Saturday night, I, I get made fun of because I go to bed early at 8 o'clock. Some of you shouldn't laugh because you go to bed early every night at uh, 8 o'clock. I've tried to call some of you, and I've woken you out of bed at 5.30. You, when you start eating dinner at 2 so that you can get to bed by 5.30 right after Wheel of Fortune, you know you're getting up in age. I go to bed at 8 o'clock every, every Saturday. And to be honest with you, I can't tell you the last Saturday that I've slept through the night. It's the most difficult spiritual warfare night of my entire week. I'll wake up at midnight and there'll be this spiritual warfare. You might as well just stay in bed today. No one's going to show up at church anyways. I can't tell you how many times the accuser will say that. You long for the morning to come and 
there's so many times I just begin to sing. Sing a song in the middle of the night because it refreshes your soul. David is recognizing that God, he is, he commands his loving kindness. He is there. He does care. He also gives us a song that's going to be with us through our darkest hours in my prayer and to the God of my life. He recognizes God hears me. And he looked for the reason so that he could pour his soul out to God. And oh, my friend, we need to look upward. Recognize that your help is from the Lord. So we look inward to find out why, then we look upward to find our help. God knows and God understands. In verse number nine, look, he says, I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemies? He, he'll, 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 he'll ask God questions. What he's saying is, God, why? But he recognizes this, that God has not failed him. You have not been forgotten by God. Don't let your despair speak for truth. Let truth speak truth. And David is wondering why, and he realizes, you know what, it isn't, it isn't that God has forgotten me. We feel that we can trust God if we know why. And I want, you to, I want you to think this through today. And I want you to write this down in your heart today. We feel that we can trust God if we know why. But we need to learn to come to the place that we trust the who. Even if we don't have the why. We need to come to a place of faith in our despair that I may never know why, but I can trust the who. I'm like you, you've said this so often as well. God, if you'll just tell me why. If, if you just tell me why, I'd be okay. And God doesn't want you to be okay because you know the why. He wants you to be okay because you know him. And David learned this, I'm here, by God's appointment. In every place of even sorrow in your life, you are there by God's appointment. You're there because of God's keeping. You're there in your life under God's training. I don't know why God allows us to go through the things that he allows us to go through, but it's his way of training. It's a way of training. You know, when you first start a job or you first start a career and they make you do the, the smallest things, the things that you think are insignificant, why are they making you do those things? Because they're training you to do the harder things. And oftentimes God allows us some of the suffering because he's training us to trust him. And we also must learn this. I'm here for God's time. Do you know this today? There's no sorrow that can last longer than what God's going to allow. So you're kept by God. And so we look inward so that we can look upward. And then lastly, I want you to write this down, and I'm finished this morning, so that we can look onward and recognize our hope. Look with me in verse number 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? 
He's coming to the same question that he had in verse 5. He says the same thing. He says, all right, soul, why are you cast down? And why are you disquieted? And he comes to the place where he recognizes where my hope is. He says now to himself, hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. He looks inward. He says, why are, why are you so cast down? He recognizes because I'm in a place of sorrow and, and this is the reason why. Great, I'm going to give these things to the Lord and I'm going to find my help. And now we realize this, I can look onward. You know what he's saying? There is hope. Amen. There's hope in your darkest hour when it seems like the sun's not going to rise again, when it seems like all is lost and it seems like there is no hope left. left. This psalmist comes and says, now that I've looked inward and now that I've looked upward, I now can look onward knowing that tomorrow is in God's hands. And I can trust him. No matter how bleak it seems, You know what the psalmist is realizing? God is there. God's there. David said to his soul, hope in God. What David was giving himself was there is a definite assurance that things are going to get better. And so what does he do? This formula is look inward and analyze your heart. Look upward and and realize your help. And look onward, realizing your hope. The greatest story of the Bible is that after Calvary, there's Easter. After the crucifixion, there's the resurrection. After death, there's life. There's life. I saw a lady yesterday that we loved and our church loved. But I just saw a shell. If I could see her If I had a glimpse into eternity, into heaven, I'd see a lady that were mourning. I'd see her rejoicing. (laughs) You know why? Because after every Calvary, there's Easter. After every death, there's resurrection. But you must know Christ. This hope only comes to those that have been born again, that have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. All of us are going to go through despair, no matter if you're saved or unsaved. No matter if you're a son of God or you're lost. But those of us that know Christ know hope. So if you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, you can find hope today because hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. 
If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.